0: Okay, I have two readings uh, to bring you uh, today. Firstly, I want to read you from Matthew's Gospel uh, from chapter 25 and verses 31 through to 46. I'm going to be talking today about the practice of good works. Uh, So please just hold that in the back of your mind as I read this passage from Matthew. It reads like this. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Just do there. And then I want to read just a couple of verses from the letter of James in chapter 2. And I want to read just three verses from verse 14 to 16. James chapter 2, verse 14. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, Go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs. What good is it? And I just thank God uh, for these passages from Scripture this morning, and I pray that they will uh, the practicalities of them will find its way uh, into our hearts. So let me talk today about the practice of good works. Uh, we're talking about plans. At the start of this new year, Ralph, a couple of weeks ago, dealt with the practice of following. Uh, Luke looked at studying the Bible last week. And I want to talk today about the practice of good works. You know, to do good works and to express kindness is sometimes pretty risky, isn't it? I mean, you knock on a lonely person's door uh, can be pretty scary, even if they have a very charming dog uh, with you. It's still scary. And sometimes, maybe often, when we love unconditionally, there is really no response in return. There's no acknowledgement of our acts of kindness. And this is disappointing and, in many instances, demotivating, isn't it? But, friends, that's not why we do it to get a response. We do it simply because God has called us to pour a little joy and hope and blessing into this sad old world. To sow a little love in this love-starved world. To practice good works in this COVID world, wherever or whenever we can. If I were to ask some of you to share your story with us, I'm sure some of you would relate a story that recounts some random act of kindness from another person that has had a profound effect on your life, maybe even life-changing. True? I'm pretty sure it is. There are so many broken, hurting, frightened, grieving people around us now. And you know what? They're our neighbours. They're the people we went to school with. They're the people we work with or worked with. Every day. They're the people who need to be found and saved and fed and clothed and brought home. The lonely older people living in our complexes all around us. And it's amazing how simple acts of kindness can have a profound effect on someone and can change a life for someone. Just somebody doing a simple act of kindness to them. We had this song uh, in the sermon that Ralph preached a couple of weeks weeks ago. Uh, And it's something that speaks about a simple act of kindness. It doesn't say an elaborate act of kindness brought me home. Just a simple act. And I think that this lines up well with Jesus' teaching. When he said, it doesn't take a whole lot even if you just give a cup of cold water in my name it's going to make a difference. It's just a simple act of kindness, a simple note of encouragement, a simple walk next door, a simple hand on the head of a child fiddling with their hair or saying, have a great day to a cashier before they get the chance to say it to you. I was reading the other day of a man who goes into a wimpy uh, and one of his... uh, fun things, uh, is to order a small meal worth about 30 bucks. And then he leaves a 200 rand tip. And when he goes outside the shop, uh, he looks through the window to see the response of the waitress uh, when she picks up uh, the, 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 the tip. And they jump up and down. And, and for him, it's an amazing amazing thing just to see their joy. I want to give you a little quiz this morning. I'm going to read some information about two individuals, and I'm sure you can identify them, but hear this. This is the first person. He was born the son of a Lutheran pastor in 1875. He became an acclaimed organist and worldwide authority on Bach by the time he was 30. Later, he earned doctorates in theology and philosophy. In 1905, he enrolled in medical school, so that upon receiving his degree, he would no longer have to, and I quote, merely talk about the religion of love, but put it into practice with his hands. In 1913, he and his wife moved to French Equatorial Africa, now Gabon, to build a treatment center for under-resourced Africans. He stayed there for the rest of his life. He was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in 1952 and died at the age of 90, In 1965. Who is he? Dr. Albert Schweitzer. Who is this woman? She was born the youngest of three children in the former Yugoslavia in 1910. She joined a youth group, and by age 17, she knew that she wanted her life to be God guided. She became a high school geography teacher and was promoted to high school principal in 1944. But her career there was ended because she contracted tuberculosis. And in 1948, she started an unofficial school for young children in the slums. And she combined teaching and medical care to nurse them toward health. In 1950, she rented a home with her own money so that people who were dying in the streets could be transported there and to die with dignity. She was one of the earliest pioneers of treating people with AIDS uh, before the disease even had a name. She received the Nobel Peace Prize in 1979. And she died a household name in 1997. Who is she? Of course. Mother Teresa. Will the world ever see two people like this again? Will we ever see a modern day Albert Schweitzer or Mother Teresa again? I like to see, I like to think rather... That we see them at work more often than we think. And you know, the Bible is very clear on this. Listen to Titus 3 verse 8. We must all devote ourselves to doing good. And in Titus 3 verse 1 says, Remind the people to be ready to do whatever is good. Be ready throughout your day to do whatever you can do. And then if you look at Titus 3.14, he says, we must learn to devote ourselves to doing what is good in order that we do not live unproductive lives. Paul says, don't squander your one and only life by missing opportunities to do good. Now, I want to suggest that most of us think along the lines of if I don't do any damage to people, if I avoid hurting them, if I avoid putting them at a disadvantage, that's okay. But you know what, friends, it's not okay. Because if this is true of you and me, then we're simply doing nothing. And God is not happy with that. Dare I say it, God is looking for us to practice good works. To live beyond ourselves. To somehow reach close to the levels of a Mother Teresa or an Albert Schweitzer, or, wait for it, a Jesus Christ. Is there a way to live that gets us past self-absorption, to a way of life that improves our world and blesses not only our lives, but enriches the lives of all those around us? Have a listen to Galatians 6. Verses 9 and 10. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. And so, yes, there is such a way to live. It's the way Jesus lived It's the way he called all his followers to live. That's you and me, by the way. To practice good works. To live beyond ourselves. And that includes you and me. And so let me ask and answer a few big questions that underscore the central theme of this whole sermon. First big question is, why? Why should we practice good works? Why should we go out of our way to do this? Why should we be different from the vast majority of those in this world of ours whose main aim is a good time? The answer is simple, because it's God God's destiny for all of us to do good. Look at this remarkable verse in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do. And when I say those words, I just think of, you know, when you pass a beggar, perhaps at one of the robots in town, and in the line of what I've just read you, do good works which God has prepared in advance for us. To do. Is it not perhaps a little bit of God's business to place that beggar at that robot for you to do something about? And I know, and I know folks, I really do, that there are lots of robots around us and every one of them has someone standing at them. But, but do you get my point? You understand what I'm trying to say here? We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. God wants to pour his goodness into his world, and he can only do it through you and me. Mother Teresa said it. We are the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. In other words, the good that Jesus Christ wants to do in the world, he does through people like you and me. Dr. Schweitzer once said, keep your eyes open for the little tasks because it's the little kind tasks that are important to Jesus Christ. How can God work in a COVID-infested world unless he works through us? How can God work with AIDS-infected and AIDS-affected people unless he works through us? How can God bring warmth Into cold people's lives unless He works through us? How can God unite a divided nation unless He works through us? How can God do simple, random acts of kindness unless He uses us to do them? How can God bring good into the world unless we bring the good deeds? It's a little uncomfortable, isn't it, friends? So I want to ask the why question. Why should we practice good works? The answer is very simple. Because God has called, is calling, and will always be calling us to be his hands and his feet. Okay, now let's talk about where. Where should we be doing these good deeds? Many people will answer this by saying in a church environment. Well, I wonder about that. You know, Yvonne and I went to Menland uh, some time ago, never been there before. And you can get lost in that place. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's enormous. And they have these maps everywhere that say, you are here. I just love those things. So when I ask the question, where should we be doing good? The answer is, wherever you are. That's why you are here. It's as simple as that. You are here. Do it here. Do it now. And then finally, the last question is how. How? How do you do good works, the good works that God wants you to do? The answer is in one of the greatest gifts that God can give us by the prompting power of his Holy Spirit. Throughout the course of your day, the Holy Spirit will open your eyes to the good things that you can do in other people's lives if you're looking. If you're looking. So how do you do good wherever you are when we go into our world? Well, you do it wherever the Spirit leads you, leads me, leads us. Listen to Him, my friends. Listen to Him throughout the course of the day. The Holy Spirit will drop ideas, promptings into your heart more than you realize. Let's listen to him throughout the course of every day. So let me just hold this together. Why do good? Well, it's our destiny. Where do we do good? Wherever we are. How do we do good? However the Spirit prompts us to do it. And we will be and feel so blessed as we do that. Now I want you to consider the position that you are in. Because we have to make this personal. Because it is actually decision time. On the altar table in the church I came from, uh, in Sunwood Park, we had an earthenware bowl and, and a jug standing on the altar table. And there was a towel draped over that jug. And the message of that bowl and that jug and that towel was obvious. God is calling every one of us to put a towel around our waists figuratively. Figuratively to reach out to one another in the love of Christ and to wash one another's feet in love. And I'm not just talking about physically washing one another's feet. I'm sure, folks, you understand the analogy. Are we figuratively ready to pick up the towel and begin to go in God's direction? Are we willing to pick up the towel and the basin and go out and practice good works I want to ask you to consider becoming a foot washer for God because foot washers are the hands and feet of Jesus. Foot washers are the ones who reach out and make a difference. Foot washers are the ones who make phone calls, bake cookies, knit baby clothes, care for the elderly and the sick and the lonely in our community that go to shops for shut-ins even within the constraints of our lockdown our church your church my church cannot possibly use hundreds of volunteers around our physical campus but god can use the hundreds of people who call him their spiritual home god can use us wherever and whenever we are where we are in our homes in the complex in which you live, in your car, in the shops, in the schools, walking down the street, on the bowling green, on the golf course, in the coffee shops, wherever. Friends, I hope you've got the picture. Will we begin, or rather will we continue, to practice good works? But do it, please let's do it. Let us do it in the name of Jesus. And God will smile and you will be blessed and our COVID-ridden, broken world will be a better place to be. Thanks be to God for his word this morning. Amen. Let's just pray briefly for a moment. And so, Father God, I guess the only response that is appropriate now, is for us to say the words, here am I, Lord. Send me. I will go for you. I will take my towel and I will do good wherever, however we do. Please go with us, O God, because this is your business. But we want to invite you just to Fill us with a new sense of purpose today, that at the start of this new year, we can begin to be your hands and feet out in our world, and we can begin to make a a difference in the world around us. Hear our prayer, O God, as we pray it in the strong and wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.